Welcome to Weston's Sermon Podcast of the Week. We are so glad you've joined us today. If you have been encouraged by our ministry and would like to support us financially, you can do so at westonroadchurch.com slash give. Thanks for joining us this week, and we hope you enjoyed this week's message. We looked at a few things. We looked at Jesus' message, Jesus' men or his disciples, and Jesus' ministry. And by the way, if you missed it, it is available on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, so you can catch up and stay up to date with that. Um, But we closed that service, and we're going to start this sermon, so to speak, with the same verse in Romans chapter 1, verse 14 to 17. And uh, this is what it says, For I have a great sense of obligation, or another word for obligation is duty or commitment, To people. And this is what Paul was writing in Romans chapter 1. I have a great sense of obligation, not for, you know, the tasks, not for the cutting of the grass and all of these things that get us busy, but he said, My obligation, the great obligation I feel is for people. It's for people. And jumping to verse 16, he says, For I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the dunamis power of God at work. You know, whenever I see the word power, I always make sure that uh, I understand the meaning of it. So I, I, I go back to the original source with my study tools. And when you see, for it is the power of God at work, that word power in the Greek is the word dunamis. And we get the word dynamite in English from that Greek word dunamis. And so if you think of explosive dynamite power, he's saying that it is the dunamis, dynamite power of God at work. So what does this power do? It saves everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentile. In verse 17, this good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished from, everyone say, start to finish. From start to finish by faith. As the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. So, so last week we talked about the heart of the gospel and kind of getting to the nuts and bolts of it. But listen, the message is good. But for the believer, the message doesn't stop with us. It has to continue through us. Can you say Amen. It can't stop with us. It has to continue. So today, if you are the kind of person who takes notes, it's called, the message is called the heart of the gospel, living it out. Living it out. And today, I'm not going to preach the sermon. I'm going to have some help with me, and we're going to do more of a, an interview question and answer type of thing. So I'm going to invite the three people that I have. Firstly, we have Christina Martinez. I'm going to invite her to come. Come on. Can you welcome Christina? Her primary, you can come. Her primary role at Weston is leading women with purpose, among the other things that, that she's passionate about. But she leads our women with purpose, and we're going to speak more about that ministry and the other ministries of our church in the coming weeks. The second person that we have is Callian Miano. And Callian leads Kidtopia which is our kids' ministry. Uh, He's also a Royals youth leader, and he was at the back because he serves on our AV team. So you can come, Cal. And then thirdly is Nunzio Di Lecce. Would you come, Nunzio? He is one of the deacons uh, here at Weston. He also leads our Friday Adult Connect class, and among many other things that I've been bothering him with. Uh, around the church. And uh, today, you can have a seat. Um, I'm still standing, though, just because I love standing. Um, Today, really, the heart of this is I know these three fairly well, I'd say, um, throughout the seven-plus years that I've been at Weston. And what I know is that they don't just teach or preach, but, but to the best of their ability, because no one here is perfect, to the best of their ability, they seek the opportunity to live out the gospel with the opportunities that are afforded to them. So today, let's just make sure your mics are on. Maybe just say test one, two. 
Test one, two. There we go. Testing. So today, I'm going to try to sit kind of out of the way so that more or less people can see you guys. And the heart of this morning, listen, it's not an interview for the sake of knowing them better necessarily, although that'll happen. It's not necessarily uh, to, to make them shine more than any other people. No, the heart of this morning is that you hear the heart of the gospel. That's the heart of what we're doing. And not just hearing it, but learning how we live it out. And so I have some questions that I want to ask you. And uh, I'm not going to necessarily force anyone to go first. Uh, but uh, I'll leave it up to whoever wants to jump at it. In Romans chapter 1, verse 14, we, we just read this. Are we we're ready to go? Yep. Romans chapter 1. Verse 14, Paul said that he felt an obligation to people. And so my question for you is what motivates or compels you to share the gospel with others? What motivates you or compels you to share the gospel with others? I'll go first. I do want to read scripture when... Uh he uh, asks what motivates me, and this is in 2 Corinthians 5.18. got on my phone, so. And this says. In the mic, nice and loud. Sorry. Or 18, 15, 18. Now all things are of, of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed us to the word of reconciliation. So one, it, it is a command. He, he's given us that responsibility and what motivates me as well as that is that he has taught us a parable of the master and the servant. And it's teaching us that he will hold us accountable of what he has given us, our time, our treasure, and our talents. And how we're going to leverage it or invest it or multiply it uh, into the world uh, for his kingdom. And he's going to um, hold us accountable. And the one that didn't do anything about it, he said, you wicked and lazy servant, cast this unprofitable servant out to the outer darkness where there will be gnashing of teeth and uh, weeping. So that is very convicting to me, and that is a duty. And I'm sorry I took too long. Hello? There's a part in the Bible that's everybody knows is called the, the Great Commission. And it says simply, go. Go. It's not hard. And there is no name that follows or goes before it. It says to go. Preach and teach to everyone, all nations. We have a direct commandment from Christ to go. So if you don't go, you're disobeying him. We really don't have a choice. It's not something we feel like doing or may not feel like doing. Get up in the morning, yeah, today's a good day. Tomorrow. No. We are to go to every nation and preach the gospel. So that's what motivates me. That's one of the verses that I had um, when Jesus said, go. It was a command. It wasn't, would you like to, when you're ready, when you feel like it. But it's also understanding what he did for us and why he did it. And when you have the fullness of that understanding of how much he loves us all, and we, there's a song that we all love to sing is, um, God, break our heart for what breaks yours. Uh, I don't only like to sing that song. I, 
I've made it my daily prayer. And every single day that I get up and go to work, on my way to work, I'm praying, God, open opportunities to share the gospel. Um, there's another verse that uh, came to mind in Romans 1.16, is I am not ashamed of the gospel. And when you read the whole entire verse and you understand that um, I, I find it at times difficult because I am faced with being ridiculed, laughed at. I've been in situations where I've been mocked at, mocked at laughed, and everything. And uh, it was by the grace of God that I was able to continue. And it's not easy when you have a full room of men um, laughing at you and making all kinds of comments. But you stand straight, and God will make those paths straight. Thank you for sharing what compels you. And my follow-up question to that is, you know, we understand, like Nunzio, you referenced going to the nations, right? Um, and it, it might, in my opinion, it might be easier to go to the nations than to my next-door neighbor because the people in the nations don't know me, but my neighbor knows me and they see me kind of often. My question is then, if we have this motivation and we are compelled to do this, it's beyond that, it's a command in the word, do we always have to build a rapport or a connection with the person or have a relationship with someone? Or, you know, can I share the gospel with a stranger that I meet tomorrow? And I'm just curious to hear from your perspectives on, on that question. If it's harder, if it's easier, what's some advice on the relationship part? Is it necessary or is it not? If you have an opportunity to build a relationship that's great. But sometimes we don't. And sometimes you're just spurred on to speak to someone that you know absolutely nothing about. And you may be the last person that person was thinking of talking to. And you can make the difference in making yourself available to speak. So there are times where you try and build a relationship and there are times where you have to act on the instance because that may be the only opportunity you have. So always ask the Holy Spirit for guidance and you'll be amazed on the reaction that people will have when you come out of the blue and you're a complete stranger, and you haven't made a relationship with them, and all of a sudden you're speaking into their lives. So I think it's, it's, it's dependent on a situation, but if you can build on a relationship after you spoke to that person, it's always good. Anyone want to add to, to Yeah, I, I think the same way. It, it would be physically impossible to have a relationship with everybody you come across. It would be great if you can, and there might be people that God puts in your lives where you might need to build a relationship before you can win them to Christ, but there might be times where you might come across people and you might have that one opportunity, and it might just be two minutes, but in those two minutes, you'd be surprised what God can do. So physically, it might be impossible to build a relationship with everybody. Yeah. Cal, you good? You want to add? Just to add, um, yeah, it does help if you have already a relationship or you had one. If you're talking about uh, old high school friends, and like for me, I wasn't saved when I was in high school, but now I am. And when I do see them, they do see a difference, and that's where I give glory to God, right? But there are times, and you can say, you're probably the last person that's going to talk to this guy. And that would be an urgency that would be in your heart and your spirit that you got to act right away. It's both. That's good. I, I want to also add this, that it might not be a face-to-face -face relationship, right? But I know through social media, your, your neighbor could be watching, so to speak, what you, what you do, kind of how you behave. Uh, and this is not really an answer or follow-up to that, but it's, it's an extension of the idea that, you know, oftentimes I think if I just 
act right when I'm around that person, it's enough. I also want to say, like, what you do on social media, what you post, the things you like or share, those things tell a lot about yourself as well. And I'm not saying it, it always has to be a pulpit, right, to preach the gospel. You can put pictures of your interests and family and friends and all that. But I think the thing is that um, people, whether they know you or not, will wonder and ask, are they authentic or not? And I think that's an important thing to add. Whether they know me or not, am I being authentic? Am I real in that sense? Um, so follow up to that now. So you don't necessarily know everyone that you might want to share the gospel with or who the Holy Spirit will prompt. But then the question is, do opportunities find you or do you have to find opportunities? And I'm interested to hear what your experience has been. I leave to work every morning, me and my wife, we pray, and we ask God to use us, but to also ask for divine appointments to where we, wherever we go, uh, however our commute is, uh, if it's together or not, but we pray for divine appointments, uh, and we, we uh, also ask to also keep our eyes open for those divine appointments, so we go look for them too. In my case, um, I consider my, my job is actually a mission field. I have access to thousands and thousands of people over the years, and um, it works both ways. Uh, we, my husband and I, we drive, he drives me down to work every morning, and from the moment we get in the car, we're praying to the moment we arrive, and it's, that's approximately 40 minutes. And the prayer, the majority of the time, is God, open doors of opportunities. You know, give me an open ear. You know, like, have my eyes open that I will see that I will not miss any opportunity. And uh, sometimes the opportunity just pretty much falls on my plate or lap, as you might want to call it. And there's times where in the conversation, already I feel the Holy Spirit tugging at my heart to, uh, you know, take this opportunity to share the gospel. And you'd be amazed when you pray like that, how God just opens opportunities for you to share the gospel. I think you have to try every doorknob of every door you come across. You don't know if it's unlocked and ready to be opened we're told to go, therefore, every opportunity you have to bring up the subject and see the reaction of the person should be done. So I think that there is no question that we have to always be on the lookout for the opportunity of sharing the gospel. We're not to hoard it. We've been given a great, great gift, and it's our responsibility to share it. You'll never know if the door is open unless you go to the doorknob and try and turn it. Just uh, want to add to that as a church, you know, tomorrow most of us are not going to work because it's a holiday, uh, but Tuesday when we go to work, you know, God could give you opportunities you might not have to look for them. He could give them to you. But I still go back to the original thought of, are we ready for the opportunities, right? God could give us all the opportunities in the world, but are you willing to take the opportunity? So I, I was going to ask a question about, tell us about a, an opportunity that you missed, but I think we'll, we'll skip that. And I want to get onto the topic of, of the gospel at work. And I've said this quite a bit that, you know, as believers, as Christians, that we should, we should do good work at work. We should be the best. Why? Because we do everything as unto the Lord. Now, that being said, right, the question naturally is, then how do I share my faith if I'm paid to work? And so my question for you, because you each have, uh, Christina wants this one, I could tell. So you each have your role at work. 
and, um, and you're paid to do that job well, and you want to do it well, how do you find the time to, to share the gospel then? What are, how does that look like in your circumstances? Everything has to be bathed in prayer. It's very important that you're praying constantly, and the Bible reminds us to pray constantly. Um, I, one of my prayers is that I gain grace in the eyes of my superiors or, or bosses or supervisors. Uh, there's different ranks, but I'm responsible to all of them. And over the years, God has granted me grace in the eyes of my supervisors and my bosses. And that has been an opportunity because they know that I've been in situations that I could have twisted the truth in order to get out of. But I faced consequences in order to stand for the truth. And uh, it is, it's amazing to see how they respect me. And uh, I recall one situation where... Uh, uh, somebody in charge uh, didn't want to believe what I was saying and a supervisor stepped in and he says when you deal with Christina you believe everything she tells you and you do what she tells you and I've been amazed to see uh, because you do have to honor your position you have to honor your bosses you have to honor uh, and respect that they're paying you to do a job but God can grant you the grace that you can do a much greater job for them and still honor God above them. And if uh, I'm not sure if I'm making this clear. Um, my bosses, I have one boss. Um, she's a complete lesbian, and she knows that I'm a Christian, and yet she's respected me. She has called me into my, in her office. Christina, how's your life going? I, outside of work, which normally they don't want to touch anything. They don't care. And uh, she told me that she was going to get operated in this. And I told her, I know you're going to be fine because I'm going to be praying for you. And, you know, things like that, those are seeds that you sow. And they're opportunities that you never know how they're going to come back. Uh, I've been in many situations with my bosses where I've seen the hand of grace. And when they know that you do your job to the best of your ability and that you're not skimming or stealing on time, God opens doors. I've had opportunities on job time where I've been early for a, a pickup and I've had no choice but to wait to the, for the customer. And then I've had a customer on the bus that I've had an opportunity, maybe five, ten minutes to talk to. And it is incredible what God can do in those ten or five or seven or even in one minute. It is incredible. You got to work hard. <laughs> Scripture says you got to work hard. Why do you have to work hard? Because you have to live your life the way you say you live your life. That's good. Yeah. Working hard shows your co-workers who you are. Shows your employer what you and the respect you have for the company and the job you have. So oftentimes, without and, without grumbling. No back talking. No being miserable about your job. You got to be a person who uplifts others and encourages them. And be the person that they want to come and speak to when they have an issue. So, I'm sorry, you got to work hard. No slacking off. That in itself will be a testimony of who you are, what you stand for, and the willingness you have to help your fellow co-workers. Good. Good word. Um, if this is truly a passion of you guys to share the word, which you should, and it is, you will find ways... You could be very short and sweet when someone says, um, why are you so joyful today? And you say, you know what, I don't have time right now, but if you come see me at break, then I'll explain it to you. We have more time then. You, you find ways, you get creative, uh, maybe short and sweet words like God is good. He doesn't respond. You say, listen, you have to say all the time, okay? Whenever you see me, God is good. You find ways, all right? Amen. 
as a, as a testament, when we were doing the renos at our church, Nunzio was our, uh, what was the, the role again? Superintendent. S superintendent. And sorry, it's been a while. But I remember um, Nunzio had a rule for all of the contractors that were here. He said, this is the house of God. And if you swear, he said, this cup, this jar, you got to put money. I think it was a toonie. And then uh, did it start lower and then it raised? No, I told them that uh, if I caught them swearing, it was going to cost them a toonie. One person offered me $20 right away and said, hopefully this gets me till noon. <laughs> but I told them there's a $500 fine for saying the really bad word. And they were all worried. And they, I said, it's the E word. The E word. What's that? I said, never say in this building, it's an extra. Everything is included in the contract. <laughs> and, you know, even in those little opportunities, we were able to sow seed, as it was already said. Um, and we were scattering seed with those contractors, and they were here for six months, some of them. So we had a good opportunity. And I got to watch Nunzu at least firsthand live that out with each one of them, uh, every opportunity. So... That's how we do good work. We work hard. We have opportunities to share, and uh, we can sow those seeds. Now, how do you respond to someone who doesn't want to hear what you're trying to share? And I'm not, it's, you know, whether it's someone you know or maybe even someone that you, for the first time you're trying to reach out and you feel compelled on the inside, how do you honor what the Spirit is telling you to do but then also honor the person that's in front of you and their, their wishes. I, I've come across that actually very often where people say, yeah, you believe what you believe. I believe what, uh, it's all the same. And um, I take that opportunity to actually witness. And, uh, you know, I'm not interested in your religion. I got my own or I don't believe in anything. And I said, you know, that's the amazing thing is that God has created us with a free will. And yes, you are, you are free to choose what you want to believe. But have you ever thought how long eternity is? Like, do you know what eternity means? Yeah, forever. I said, exactly. I said, and the Bible confirms that eternity, it speaks about eternity. I said, so it'd be a shame if you risk. What if you were wrong? You know, I challenge you to prove that I am wrong, that there is no eternity. And I encourage you, if you have a Bible, if you don't, get one and start reading it because eternity is a very, very long time. And you know, the Bible does speak about heaven or hell. Don't risk going or choosing hell because it is, eternity is a very long time. And that's how I finish. So, yeah, I, get, I, I agree with them that, yeah, they have a free will, but challenge them with and leave them with the thought because once you sow the seed what God can do is just incredible and it makes them think anyone else um, when I do witness to people I make my absolute best to use scripture um, even if it's to start it off because Isaiah 55 11 says, so shall my word be that goes from forth from my mouth and shall not return to me void. And it, is, and it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the things for which I sent it. So that's something that's uh, encouraging for me. But at the same time, when you use scripture, so many times um, it will remain in them. They will think about it before going to bed, they'll keep thinking about it until they go and search for it. And where did I hear this? Uh, it is very important, and it's true, and it's a promise that it never comes back to him void. Nuncio, when people don't want to hear what you're saying, how do you, how do you respond? You continue to pour out love, and do not distract yourself from what you are supposed to do. Don't be pushy and try and throw it, push it down their throat. 
or hit them over the head with, with your Bible. Just, it says faith, hope, and charity, which is love. But the greatest of this is love. If you continue to be there and be their friend, they'll know, and there will come a time where they're going to nudge you and say, can I talk to you for a minute? So our duty is to sow the seed and leave the rest to God, but always be there for when they come and ask to speak to you. Good word. You know, a lot of times um, we understand the gospel. We understand what God has called us to do, but we get in the way. And what I mean by that is, when stuff is going on in my life, I disqualify myself. Therefore, I can't be used by God in this way, and I'm not going to share. I'm not going to talk. I'm not going to be bold. I'm not going to step out in faith. And, and we have these things and thoughts where we're not able to minister. It doesn't, that's not what the Word necessarily says. That's what we say about our current situation. So the question I have for um, our panel today is, if... You have stuff going on in your life. Can you still share the gospel, at, you know, on your nine to five? Uh, you know, like, or, or do you just say, like, this is not my season, and you kind of wait until your life gets back together and the pieces um, make sense again? Yes. Wait, what was the question? <laughs> hard, hard times, hard times, yes. Hard times. So if you're going through something, right, do you just close off and say, well, how can I care about other people when I'm a mess? Or, or do you step out and, and still allow God to use you? And how does that look like? Let's go to Scripture. <laughs> Second Corinthians 12, 9. He says to me, my grace is sufficient. Sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast of my infirmities than the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, take pleasure in infirmities and reproach, in needs and persecution and distress for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Yes, when you're weak, that's when you ask God, to give me strength, give me wisdom, give me guidance to do this. So, answer is yes. Absolutely. You want to see opposition from the enemy? Begin to testify. Mm. If your life is rosy and easy, or just, you know, situations that really have nothing to do with your walk, start testifying, and you're going to see how difficult the enemy is going to make it for you because if there's anything that threatens the enemy is a Christian that is willing to speak up for, for, for the gospel. And yeah, he's going to throw distractions in your way. There has been times where I've been on my way to work. I've been crying and praying and crying out to the Lord where I, I didn't even want to go to work. But yet in the midst of that, when you see the need, when you see the situation, and it's not only uh, souls that need saving, it's also hurting people. Because through their hurt, when they see compassion and they feel the love, they will want to accept Jesus Christ. And uh, as you witness and you forget about your problem and you put your aside, don't worry, your problem's going to be there. You can go back to it later. But when you put your life aside and you put souls before you, you're going to see how God strengthens you. Your faith is strengthened. Uh, your joy increases. It is so rewarding. And if it's difficult because it is difficult, claim the blood of Jesus. There is power and God will give you the strength. And it is incredible the reward when you see what God can do when you sacrifice in your hurting to still witness to others. In those times, don't ask why when you go to God. Ask God what. What am I supposed to be learning through this? What do you want me to do with this? 
Because we're no different than the person we're talking to. And that person that needs you to speak to them wants to be talking to somebody that could look them in their eye and say, I know exactly what you're going through. I was there. They don't want to talk to somebody who doesn't know or, or feel that they can't relate. So we need to talk about our challenges and our difficulties because if I know that somebody else went through something and a person comes to me, I'm going to say, hold on. I'm going to go get that other person and say, this person is going through this. Will you tell them how you made it through? How God pulled you out of the miry clay? So, to take the focus away from ourselves and put it on others is what Christ is asking us to do. It's good. I want to echo the words of Paul to the church in Corinth, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, to give us a glimpse of what he was going through. He said, we are pressed on every side by troubles, but we're not crushed. We're, we are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Through our suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus. Why? So that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. And it's in the same passage where he says that God's treasure is placed in these earthen vessels. So, yeah, we're, gonna, we're not perfect. Life's not perfect. Paul's saying we're suffering as a result of the gospel as well of the stand that we've taken and the gospel message we preach, but we get up again. We don't stop. We continue. We keep pressing on. And this, is the, this is the race that we've been put on. And so I know I'm aware of the time, but I want to get to uh, maybe a, an example or a story that, that is kind of like sticks out in your mind of where you took that step of faith and shared the gospel message that what was the response that, that you saw that the gospel had in their lives, but then what did it do also in you? So it's a kind of a two-part question. What, what happened? How did you share the faith? What did it do in them, and what did it do in you as well? Well, there are very, there's many but one that just happened recently was when I had the opportunity of flying out west. I had somebody beside me that couldn't go anywhere. And more times than none, our four-hour flight became centered around Christ. And this was many years ago. And not too long ago, I got a text message back that said, Hi, Nunzio. I don't know if you remember me, but I'm the guy that sat beside you on that plane. And I want to thank you. It took years for that text to come through. So I just want to encourage, we may not see the results immediately. The bamboo tree takes a long time for its roots to grow, but then when it shoots up, it's no, there's no stopping it. So don't underestimate the seed that you sowed and the fruit that can come from it. The most recent happened at work. Um, during the last 10 minutes of company time, but uh, but throughout the lunchtime, we did talk, and uh, I kind of could see that it wasn't a true unbeliever, but it was someone that did have uh, some morals and principles, and I knew it wasn't perfect, so it got me questioning, but during those last 10 minutes, if I didn't mention it before, um, that's when I went to talk to him, and again, I, I said, so are you a believer? And 
He's like, yeah, I, I do. I am a believer. I'm like, okay, so what church do you go to? And he named me a church that doesn't exist anymore. So I'm like, dude, come on. You got to go back to church. Come on. It's, you know, it's, <laughs> let's go back to church. Let's encourage one another. Um, but I moved job sites, but I'm pretty sure uh, it was convicting to him. But he encouraged us both, and I knew, I knew he needed it. But... This one's really hard because I, I have many testimonies. I've shared them with uh, the women at Women With Purpose um, many times. But um, many of you that know Bill, he is a product of one day. And this he probably doesn't know. But that day that I asked you if I could pray with you, um, I wasn't doing too well. But I saw he was hurting, and I asked him that morning, and it was incredible because I had arrived early to pick him up. And uh, we had some, a few minutes, and I said, are you okay? He said, actually, I'm not. I'm sorry, I didn't ask you for permission to share this, but I'm going to share it anyways. Um, he says, I'm actually going to the hospital. They think I have stomach cancer. And I said, will you allow me to pray for you? And he said, sure. And I got down on my knees, and I prayed right in front of him, and and I asked the Holy Spirit to touch him. And then when, when, when I finished praying, I asked him if he went to any church. And uh, he says, what church do you go to? And I said, well, I'd like to invite you. And it was for Easter. And I have given out our church address to hundreds of people in the hopes that they will show up. And I wasn't sure, sure if he was going to show up or not, but he did show up. And that day after the service, he told me that he was touched when you made the altar call. And the next Sunday, he returned and accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. So you never know whose life you're going to touch. And I'm sorry, but I have to share a couple more testimonies because I don't only share the gospel at work. I was on an airplane with my husband. We were on our way to Spain. Uh, I was tired. Uh, we had worked all week very hard, and there was a lineup for the washroom, and I went to the, wash, uh, to the lineup. And as I was waiting in line, it was like a tugging on my shoulder, look behind you. And there was this lady just hovering in pain. And, uh, and I said, you don't look very well. You know what? Why don't you go in front of me and use the washroom before me? And she took a long time. And when she came out, she still looked like she was in pain. She went and sat down. And I was just so extremely tired. I went to the washroom. I sat down. And I was trying to fall asleep. And I couldn't fall asleep. And it was like the Holy Spirit telling me, get up, go look for the woman, and pray for her. And I thought, I can't. The plane is packed. It was a 747. It was completely packed. I don't know where she is. And I, I said, okay, I'll be obedient. If I find her, I will pray for her. If not, I'm just going to come and sit down. Well, the Lord, it's like the light was shining on her. And, I, and I, she was hovering, and I got down. And I said, I'm sorry. I said, you don't look well. She goes, I'm not well at all. I said, can I pray for you? I said, I'm going to pray. And by the way, that's another thing. I pray in the name of Jesus. And I make sure that they know I'm not just praying out of any religion. I pray in the name of Jesus. And I told her that. I said, I'm, I'm going to pray in the name of Jesus. Are you okay with that? And she goes, sure, sure. She was in so much pain that she looked desperate for help. I prayed over her and I said, I hope you feel better. And I went to sit down. And hours later, just as the plane was going to land, just before it was going to land, she came over to look for me. And she didn't even, I almost didn't recognize, she didn't even look like the same person. She says, lady, I don't know who you are. But after you prayed for me, all the pain went away. And I said, well, I am a child of God. And I said, and I serve Jesus Christ. I said, seek him. Uh, she worked, I think, for, or she was sent by, uh, you know, Oprah on television. Uh, she worked for some girls in some African country or something like that. So you never know what seed you can sow. And another customer that comes to mind is one that um, she was, uh, I've been picking her up for years, and I, I've tried to, you know, encourage her with some words, but I never, ever got a feedback. One day I gave her my phone number, and I've, I've been inviting her to church and she never, ever, thank you, but she, I never got a response. So I never knew how this was coming about. And then I hadn't seen her for months. And all of a sudden, I get a text from her the first time I get a text from her. And she said, Christina, I'm reaching out to you. 
I've been at the point of death. I'm in the hospital. This is the address. If you find it in your heart to come and visit me, please come and visit me. We dropped everything. It was my day off, and we rushed to the hospital. I thanked her for calling me. I was able to pour into her life. I was able to pray for her. And to this day now, she contacts. If I spend a few days or a couple of weeks without, she'll text me right away. She hasn't gotten saved yet, but the seed is there. And I've asked over the years to pray for people, if they would allow me to pray for a lot of people. And just a week ago, I was blown away because I had a full bus of customers. And um, I, couldn't, I can't speak when I have different people, but I have the radio. We have new buses now that have radio. So I have the Christian radio on, and there was a message being preached. I was driving along, thinking they're not listening. And when I went to drop off the Muslim and his wife, he, um, he told me, says, um, excuse me, can I ask you to pray for me? I am being operated. I have about four or five tumors in my abdomen. Would you pray for me? I was, I mean, because I've always asked people, can I pray for you? But for him to ask me if I could pray for him was something that was really touching. And I said, yes, but I want you to understand that I pray in the name of Jesus. And he said, that's okay. They're all gods. And I said, no, make sure that you make things clear. Do not agree with them just for the sake and go along with them just for the sake of praying for them. I said, no, they're not all gods. There's only one God and one Savior, and that's Jesus Christ. Do you still want me to pray for you? And he said, yes. And I took that opportunity that make sure in that prayer, not only did I pray for his tumors, but make sure that you sow a seed in your prayer where they understand that Jesus Christ is alive. And don't just forget about them. After you pray for somebody, continue to pray on a daily basis that seed that was sown. Because I say, Lord, if he gets healed, if that's your choice, that he will recognize that it was because we prayed in the name of Jesus. You have the power. It is in you. God just wants you to be willing to use it. God bless you. Amen. We're going to wrap up with a prayer. But can we just thank everyone that has shared today? And uh, don't leave yet. <clears throat> Can we stand to our feet as we prepare to close? That, you know, as we go back to school, as we head to work on Tuesday, you know, I want you to not just remember the word, but to obey the word. You know, it, it doesn't just say we are called to be hearers only, but doers. So as we go into our nine to five, as we go into our schools, young people and older people, let us be salt and light in those areas. You know, a lot of them made reference to seeds being planted. Sometimes you'll see the tree and you're going to be the one to bear the fruit. But sometimes God's going to call you to plant the seed, but you won't even be around maybe to see the tree grow or the plant grow, to see fruit. And so we don't grow weary in doing good. The Bible says, for at the appropriate time we will reap a harvest if we never give up. And so we're going to continue strong as we head into the fall. And I'm going to ask if Nunzio, you would close us out in prayer imparting in each one of us the desire to do what the Word of God says, to go into all the world and make disciples. Thank you, Lord. You're a good and awesome God, Lord. And we don't even have the words to come before you. But from the bottom of our hearts, we say thank you. Thank you, Lord, for sending your son to bear the shame of our sin. Lord, today we spoke about going. Lord, I pray that everyone that hears my voice be empowered with wisdom, guidance, understanding, and a vision that comes from you to go and preach the word to all nations. 
that you instilled this boldness and this courage that we didn't even know that was within us, but it's through you. Lord, we are leaving this building and we are entering the mission field. Lord, provide divine opportunities. Prepare our hearts and our minds. Lord, that our mouth may speak your words. That we can be the salt and light to those that are in darkness and need to hear from you. May we be a conduit of your love. That they may see you through us. That we will be a reflection of you to others. Lord, let us do our part to be the word. Not to act it. Not to portray it. But to be the word. That they will come to know you. And, you, and we have the privilege of being used of you. Lord, we pray over the rest of this week. Lord, for those that ask for prayer, we intercede this point on their behalf. Lord, you know each and every need. And we know that you can meet it and exceed it. Lord, we surrender our lives to be used of you because we want to populate heaven. We don't want anyone to go to hell. Lord, we ask that all that we do and all that we say brings glory and honor to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for listening to the Sermon of the Week. God wants to work in your life, and we want to hear it. Please take a moment to share your story by emailing amen at westonroadchurch.com. Thanks again for joining us. We hope listening to this week's message has equipped you to be the light wherever you go.